Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Joined with me is my co-host, Joseph. Yellow. And Jehu. I'm just going to speak it into existence now. Ian will be back next week. There you go. This week, we're talking about a Disney Plus show that finished a couple weeks ago and I don't think was super popular, but Hawkeye. With all the, you know, the Clint Barton, whatever that I have forgot a whole cast. It, guys, this show was like before Christmas. I forgot all of it. <laughs> I mean, that was, in fact, the whole conceit of the show that it was before Christmas. So <laughs> that's the plot of this show. Hawkeye's in New York. He's trying to get home for Christmas. Ronan pops back up. He's scared of what that may mean and who that may bring out of the woodwork. Jeremy Renner, that's the name of Clint Barton. That is his name. I totally forgot. Haley Steinfeld, Vera Farmiga. I think those are the only people I remember. Oh, Florence Pugh. Those are the only people I remember besides the spoiler person. I mean, yeah, there's a a lot of people in this. Are they worth knowing? I I would argue no, but we'll get into that. There's an expansive cast in this very short, small show that I'm not really sure why. Do we have, do we, we just want to say what we think of this show? Sure. I like this show. I think it's fine. Um, I, I wish know, you had just ended right there. I yeah. like this show. I think it's fine. <laughs> you know, I think so far Marvel's, I don't know, I guess Falcon and the Winter Soldier was sort of like this, but I feel like they've been going more high concept for their TV shows as a whole. And this one's very simple. It's, you know, like you said, Clint just wants to get home for Christmas. It's a plot of every single Christmas movie ever, but just with super heroic bullshit. And uh, Haley Seinfeld's in it, and it's just kind of a, a begrudging, uh, you know, buddy cop situation. And it's pretty fun. You know, I think there are things worth criticizing about it, but I just don't think I want to engage my brain that much. I think it was not made to be engaged with on that level. Yeah, I, uh, I had fun with this show. I like the less the smaller stakes, the lesser stakes of Me it. Me too. Um, it was nice to not have like global calamity be the threat uh i appreciated that it kind of had the you know action movie at christmas type of feel uh, like most of these shows i feel like the the bookends are not great mm. episode one and episode yeah, six yeah, yeah. Are, are not good but like three four and five i was all in you know from like the scene where they're doing christmas crap together through especially the macaroni scene i mean there's some really really great moments the highlight of this show to me is uh I think Haley Steinfeld is freaking perfect as Kate Bishop. And when Yelena finally shows up on the scene, their chemistry is incredible. My two-year-old is in here. So her, what do you think about the show? Uh, I, I can't remember what things we've talked about or not. Did I, did I talk to you guys about my problems watching this show? You just talked to us about how much you hated the musical. Oh, okay. 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 So, you know, Joseph, you probably won't relate to this as much, but but I, Jones, I can talk to you about this. You can remember a point in your life where you had read a comic that you enjoyed and it got adapted and it was not what you wanted it to be. Not even necessarily bad. They just butchered it and it was a different thing. Like that's happened to you many times in your life, correct? Oh, for, sh- for sure. And it's definitely this thing. Uh, if that's what you're going for it's totally not at all what it's based on well i mean that's also happened to me and it happened to me a long time ago i'm used to it by now this was the first time it had ever happened to sarah 
Mm. Sarah's not read a huge amount of comics, but she read the Fraction Aja uh, Hawkeye and fucking adored it. So her rage while we were trying to watch like the first two episodes of this were just fu- was just fucking scary. I thought she was going to beat my ass over some fucking show that I didn't even make. So finally we had to, for the uh, health of our ongoing partnership, decide that I was going to continue on this show alone. <laughs> uh, but, you know, once it gets going, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think the thing with these Marvel shows is, is they need to come up with some sort of conceit for each episode to have its own identity. Mm, WandaVision and Loki both had that, and I think that made every episode more enjoyable than Falcon and Winter Soldier or this, because the first two episodes of this bored me senseless. But after that, I got really into it, and it was pretty goddamn fun. Yeah, I I will say, you know, to Sarah's point, and uh, aesthetically, it looks... You know, it looks the part and the characters are there. But I think the biggest difference is that the Clinton Barton you read in that run is not the Clinton Barton we've seen on screen. Totally. One hundred percent. Which makes it really hard to adapt it because so much of that run is is almost like Kate being this peripheral critique. I mean, not like negatively, but like right. it's so much of who Hawkeye as a person has been right and um that's just not at all who clint has been in the in the films right uh so it's hard i think to adapt it i mean there's one character who is a mime in the comic and is just totally not at all the same person and i don't get it at all like i don't get why you would have even made that guy that character right Right. If if it was going to have nothing in common and maybe right. I'm mistaken, maybe there's a connection there I'm missing, but I didn't get it at if, all. If there's a connection, I didn't get it either. Yeah, I know. I think the show's better than Transformers. It's pretty good. Yeah. WandaVision was the best show, I think. And I don't know, Loki's up there, but this is pretty good. This is totally different for me. I liked it way better than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I, I think my whole point to that story is if there's any younger listeners out there, go ahead and start reading some comics now because this shit is like chicken pox. It's better if you get it over with while you're young. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I don't, I don't agree that WandaVision's at the top, but I think this one is is one of the better ones. This might actually just be right under... Loki's probably my favorite, and this is probably my second favorite of the ones that they've done so far. I, you know, again, I think I had fun with This is better than Transformers for me. I don't know if we want to get into spoilers or anything. I don't know if there are that many spoilers for anybody. Spoilers! If, spoilers, <laughs> sure. But... You're totally right. It, it's a it's a movie in six acts instead of an episodic television show. Right. And the you know, there's there's a lot to be gained in the episodic format where each one is its own self-contained story that it's building characters and it, it may still build a larger story that arcs the full thing. But each one had the priority is the episode story. Uh, and that's a great point. I, I really think that is something it suffers for. As far as other things, I, I, I don't want to be too shitty to this show because, again, I do think it's a good time. I just all these shows feel like TV shows like I can tell that they're TV. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, it's better than Daredevil, but it's not good enough to trick me into thinking I'm watching the next Marvel movie. But, you know, I also think like if they would have cut two episodes off this, they probably could have made it look more like a movie. Maybe. And yeah, why are there so many characters? Specifically, why are there so many villains in this show? 
<laughs> I don't know. It I is mean, a little busy, right? I love that the tracksuit mafia was there. Mm-hmm. I did not enjoy that Echo was there. I feel like they put Echo in there purely just to have the connection that, you know, uh, Hawkeye has hearing issues and she is deaf, but then they don't really do anything in it where they connect on that. Yeah, there's one scene and yeah. uh, it's not nearly enough. Also, there are like individual people in the tracksuit mob that we have to know, like <laughs> Kazi, who I mean, granted, that guy's face is interesting. He should be in movies. You know, we got them. I mean, we start with fucking uh, Jack and his weird little underground auction of Avengers items. There's Yelena. There's fucking Kingpin. I like why. Why is there so many people in this? Well, I mean, probably the most disappointing part of this show that I did like for me was probably Jack. And that's that. And that's in that. I thought that guy was super entertaining in that part. And when. I'm sure Jones knows about this. I don't know if you know this, Joseph. I don't. But in, but in comics, that that is a character called the Sword Swordsman, yeah. and he's basically Hawkeye's mentor. So I thought when they met, there would be some kind of connection, and then when when there wasn't, I kind of just thought it was a waste. I mean, everything doesn't have to be connected, but that yeah. guy was super fun, and they are characters that do have a connection in comics, and I kind of thought that was a waste that they weren't connected. I was the part I was anticipating to not like because of the changes, but that guy won me over by the end right. of the show. Like Same. he was just so freaking funny and charming. That it's one of those things where like this is he was the biggest turn for me since Jamie Lannister, but not really from a character perspective. It was just I like when he first showed up on screen, I was like, this guy is in a different show. <laughs> like he is he is playing some kind i mean literal mustache twirling based on that facial hair uh, or he's like a weird boyfriend that elaine would have on seinfeld uh, yeah it's it's very very strange uh but by the end like he's my fucking favorite character i love him yeah, so much me too. yeah you know just have you said knowing tracksuit kazi is the character i'm talking about that is literally a murder mime and he's just not at all that at all in this thing, which no I get whatsoever. Murder mime hard to adapt. I agree. Right. Just don't include the character would be Weirdly, my answer. I, I would say this Daredevil could have been could have adapted that. Yeah, probably. It, it, it was one of those things where this show was a little too lighthearted to make that work. Indeed. What did we think of? Uh, well, I know I raved about her. What do you think about what do you guys think about Florence Pugh in this show? She's great. She's way better than she was in Black that Widow. One movie that she's in. And and she was the best part, probably, of Black Widow. Well, no, uh, what's his name? David you know, Harbour. Sergeant Beefy. Yeah. David Harbour was the best part of that. Uh, but but uh, she was really great in this. She's super entertaining. I never thought I'd be so entertained watching someone eat macaroni and cheese. <laughs> I mean, look, I, there's a part of me that feels like they swung the pendulum a little too hard on this one. Mm-hmm. You know, that they, they I don't know if they missed the mark, but, you know, I think tonally for what they want to go for now, like Scar Joe's Black Widow was like mysterious sex pot, uh, right. which, you know, I think she did well. And I think that's fine. But like it was too hard to just hard turn her into something else by the end so when they axed her and brought in the new one they're like no she's just like an approachable chill girl she loves mac and cheese and skirts with pockets or whatever i don't know uh <laughs> it's just like it's, it's fine i think she's great and i think she's very you know especially her and Haley seinfeld have a great uh uh dynamic it just 
like I can I can almost hear the writers' room when they're like, no, 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 like more more accessible. <laughs> I I, lo- I love the line where she's like, stop making me like you, and she's like, I can't help it. Like yeah. I, that, <laughs> she's very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she I, I mean, she she actually for me is probably the turn on this because I was kind of not really feeling it, and when we get to her, I was like, oh, this show's fucking great. I don't know if this was a problem for y'all. It was kind of a problem for me. I thought the plot, especially in the first half of this, is a little convoluted. It's very (laughs) convoluted. Yeah, totally. Totally. It seemed like there was a much simpler road we could have taken. And I'm not I don't really get why it was so hard other than you're trying to do the false flag with a swordsman. But right. That's it. Was anyone else surprised at how much screen time those cosplayer first responder people got? Because too much, they got too much time. Way, way too much. I would argue any was too much, but they have a whole subplot in the final episode for no fucking reason. Easily my least favorite part of this shit. It was so just fucking cute. I hated it. One of the things we want to complain about. (laughs) Um, my controversial opinion is that Vincent D'Onofrio is much worse as Kingpin in this. I think he's no. I think he's exactly the same as he is in the fucking other thing. It's just we 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 talked about this I think off air. You know, with the Daredevil universe, there's not a lot of acting going on anywhere. And you know, Charlie Cox is pretty good. I think you know he's he's already made a, a good splash elsewhere. Good for him. Stay on it, Vincent D'Onofrio. Look, he made he made a choice in a show where nobody else is doing anything. He made a choice and he stuck with it. Is that choice good? No, but it was like sort of more interesting than what else was going on in that show. But it just does not hold up against anyone else who's actually trying to act. <laughs> Maybe I, I, I'm going to disagree. I thought I thought he was pretty good. No. I, uh, I I I finally finished Daredevil season three and I still man, those shows are too fucking long. It's too much moping. It's too much explaining exactly what's going on over and over. But overall, I think that those shows I'll give slightly better than Transformers. And he's one of the reasons why. And I liked him in this. And his outfits in this were cool. They're terrible. What are we talking about? Did we watch the same show? I love the Hawaiian shirt. I thought it was great. I mean, that's ripped straight from the comics. I'm pretty sure Kingpin beats the shit out of Spider-Man in that exact it, Hawaiian shirt. He does. That's it, correct. That's probably why I loved it. That suit looks like something his grandmother gave him in his eighth birthday and said, you'll grow into it in like two or three years. What the <laughs> fuck are you guys talking about? I mean, I appreciate that it was connected. I think watching it, I don't know that it, I agree, maybe it didn't fit well, but uh, I, I respected that they went with something he moves Ooh, around like he's in a nursing home. I just, I fucking hate him every fucking second that he's there. <laughs> I mean, see, I, I also, you say he moved around like he was in a nursing home, but I thought this was the first appearance of the Kingman where we really sell his gimmick that it's not just fat. He's solid muscle. And he was, I felt like he fit in, fit in this more heightened superhero world. Uh, good. I don't know. Yeah, he. I mean, he rips a car door off. Right. I'm not. I'm not saying they don't do those things in the show. I'm just saying physically, Vincent D'Onofrio doing the stunts looks awful. Maya, I, yeah. uh, right? What are we talking about? How, <laughs> <laughs> this is the maddest I've ever been about a sh- fucking show yeah. I don't care about. 
See, I mean, the stuff that you guys are talking about, though, is the stuff I, I love. <laughs> I love his stupid, his stupid, like, speech patterns and stuff. I think that's funny. Uh, he decided to do a thing that wasn't just quipping. I like that. He does decide to do a thing. I, <laughs> I will agree with you there. I just hate that thing. Uh, surprisingly, the thing we haven't talked about at all is what do we think of freaking Jeremy Renner in his own show? He's great. I like, yeah, here's the thing. I mean, like, he's not the fun bit in the show. Like, he's largely the straight man. He's also like, for a show that really wants to bounce pretty hard between like recovering from trauma and doing like the normal quippy Marvel thing, you know, it's kind of a tough balance. I think he pulls it off quite well. He's definitely like the emotional center of the show. He doesn't get all the fun lines, but he's very good. He He's showing up makes me like, oh, you know, but I always underestimate Jeremy Renner, I feel like. Uh, but. You know, I feel like he's a movie actor. You know, I get that vibe from him in this. Yeah. You know, the the, th- the thing is, he's just such a tool in his real life that it's it's hard to root for him. But I think I think he does pretty good in this. And he definitely he has a sort of Andy Griffith vibe about him. He's not getting the funny lines, but he's making sure everybody else's funny line works. And, yes. uh, you know, that's a that's a skill. Yeah, I think he's pretty good in it. I, I mean, it's probably. I would say I don't know that it's his best turn as Hawkeye, but it's a continue. I don't know what would be, you know, it's a continuation of the guy we've seen. And he's he's pretty good in that role. Well, uh, go ahead, J.U. Well, you know, we all went into this going that this was going to be a passing of the torch thing. But as it wraps up, it really doesn't feel like that. It realized it really felt like it was setting up for more of these two characters together, both Hawkeyes together. Yeah. You know, what's funny about that is. I have had to defend the concept of there being multiple Hawkeyes existing at the same time so many fucking times since this show has come out. Right. Everyone's like, that's that's fucking dumb. There should only be one person called Hawkeye. And I'm like, I mean, I've read multiple comic books, man. We're both, you know, Kate Bishop and Clint Barton call themselves Hawkeye. It's a, it's a literally a plot point. <laughs> and right. uh, so it's not like this is unheard of. And like, that's that's fucking dumb. Like, uh, it's fine. They're both Hawkeye. It's kind of a fun bit. Let's I'm excited to see more of it in the future. It's totally the same. I'm not usually a fan of there being two of the same superhero unless there's a device for that to be like that, like, say, Green Lanterns or something. But this is the you know, in comics, to me, this was the first property that really made it work. And I think they did that pretty good on screen as well. Well, did you guys see the um, the Mockingbird tease coming? Uh I didn't, but at the same time, I wasn't surprised. Yeah, I thought it was pretty heavily telegraphed personally, but I kept looking when they first started talking about the watch. I just kept thinking it was a thing I'd forgotten about to do with Black Widow. But once they showed it, it's like, oh, that's how they showed that she was mocking right on whatever. Who cares? I, I don't know what the fuck any of that was about. So, well, do you know the reference that the watch said Agent 19 on it? That's nope. bu- so the watch says Agent 19. Agent 19 is Bobby Morse, codename Mockingbird. She's a shield, shield agent and wife of Hawkeye uh, in the and, comics. And if you want to know what Mockingbird is, the same way that uh, Hawkeye is exactly Green Arrow, Mockingbird is exactly Black Canary. But, uh, you know, I, th- I think the best part of that is that, you know, means we've officially said, fuck Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., <laughs> that show sucked. It's out of continuity. Yeah. I would love to see uh, in the second season of this fucking 
old Miss Cardellini get in on the action and totally 100%. I think that would be a fun bit. Is there a circumstance where you wouldn't want to see more Linda Cardellini? No, we know the truth. (laughs) (laughs) I was very happy she was in this show more than I thought she was. I was sure it was just going to be that phone call that's in the trailer and nothing else. Right. Well, fellas, I don't have much else. I thought this show was good. I know I'm shitting on it, but I, I had a good time with it. I think, uh, you know, it, mostly the dynamics between Haley Steinfeld and Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld and Florence Pugh are just outstanding. They're very fun. I have fun anytime they're on screen. Jack is an outstanding character. Oh, I did have a question. Uh, did, 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 was, did anyone not think that Vera Formiga was was the villain from the start? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> not for one second did I think she was anything but the villain. Correct. <laughs> right. We need to st- we need to start casting her in like nice people roles for a while just to like get the stink off her. Like, Dude, she raised a murderer on I- TV for five years. Like that's that's she's it. That's what she is now. The only reason I ever thought for a second she wasn't a villain is because it was so obvious that she was the villain. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I got you. This is the only one of the Marvel shows so far that I've I've actually I mean, I guess I'm looking forward to a second season of Loki, but this is one I was like, oh, I hope they do a second season. I think this format is fine for this story. I could probably use two less episodes, but I think I'd be down for another season of this show. I agree. I'm okay with more episodes, just less villains and first responders. (laughs) (laughs) Get those first responders out of my my shows. Season season one, episode one, (laughs) kill all the first responders off. Make the plot trying to find out who killed them. Jesus Christ. That's so dark. (laughs) Listen, if you're a first responder, listen to this podcast. No. (laughs) Well, not like first responders. First responders that are also fucking LARPers. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Okay, yeah, murder those people. Like, if you showed up to save me from a fire and then I found out you were also a LARPer, I would say, Brent, say, send me the second responders. <laughs> <laughs> Put me back in the fire. Oh, man, that's still like where well, I still I still don't like the tone we're going for. But that was a very good joke. <laughs> Anything else for this uh, for this show? No. Good. That's Hawkeye. I also hope there's a second season. Well, cool. What have we been watching this past week, guys? Uh, I, I made time and watched a bunch of shit this week. Well, that's that's not entirely true. But um, I watched The Power of the Dog. Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, Cody Smith McPhee. That's basically the whole cast. It's a Western. Uh, Jesse Plemons and Benedict Cumberbatch play brothers. Uh, when he meets Jesse Plemons' real life wife, Kirsten Dunst, he meets her in, in the movie and they get married and he has a stepson and his brother's real jealous. They've been herding cattle for years by themselves and he's not happy about it. Listen, I thought I had this movie figured out pretty clearly from the trailers. It kind of looks like um, almost like a revenge, abusive type of relationship. And that is true. And then the last five minutes happens and it turns out you've been watching an entirely different movie the whole time. And it's gnarly It is a gnarly twist um, that you I mean, it's not I'm not saying it's, you don't see it coming, but just the way it does it. It's gorgeous. I mean, it is just absolutely beautiful to look at. Way better than Transformers. Uh, I think Benedict will probably be nominated for an Oscar, and I think this movie probably will be up for Best Picture. It was really good. Cool. I also watched Netflix's other this release. Don't look up. Hmm. Um, listen, guys, <laughs> I was all in on the Big Short. 
I thought that movie was great. And then Vice came out and controversially, I think on this podcast, I said, not for me, didn't like it. At least uncharacteristically. Yeah. Um, I think I think lightning doesn't strike twice for Adam McKay. <laughs> uh, he tried a third time and um, still doesn't work. Whereas this is more satire, I guess. And instead of it being, you know, the climate, it's a comet. Uh, and we just how we get obsessed with media and the argument and all these things. And it detracts us from the real issues. Yeah, it, it's worse than Transformers. I did not enjoy this movie. It's very long. It's got a ton of famous people in it, and they're all pretty good. If the job, if the if the purpose of the movie is to make you sad about the environment, mission accomplished. It happened. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't think he necessarily does a good job with it. If you know what I mean, like I just it, he rips off the big short again, and he just it, it worked once. It's never going to work. Uh, it's and, funny you say that my, my parents watched that movie this weekend and they had very different reactions to it. My dad pitched it to us as like, yeah, it's like it's like a funny movie. It's kind of a comedy. And my mom was like, it was really depressing. <laughs> it's super. <laughs> it's super depressing. And then finally, I watched The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Are you guys familiar with this movie? I nope. am. I'm Ooh. very curious about it. So it is about Tammy Faye Baker. And Jim Baker, uh, famous televangelist from the 60s, 70s and 80s. Uh, and uh, Jessica Chastain stars as Tammy Faye. Andrew Garfield, my boy, uh, stars as Jim Baker. On a roll. Uh, yep, on a roll. And uh, listen, it's pretty good. Uh, Jessica Chastain produced it. I think she read the book or something. And it's not it's 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 a it, it teeters a fine line when it comes to biopic like it's not necessarily just trashing these people you kind of actually feel sorry for them in a way but it also is very honest about the mistakes that they made uh the best part oddly enough is vincent d'onofrio he plays jerry falwell and jerry falwell is a terrible human being right he's, he's portrayed as a terrible human being and uh if you want to know why america is so fucked up today all you have to do is look at who Jerry Falwell was and what he tried to do in the 60s and 70s. And you will know the answer to 100%. that question. Uh, and uh, this movie does not shine away from that, which I am happy about because fuck that guy and fuck his son. Um, and, and you know what? For the sake of it, fuck Liberty University. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would say it's better than Transformers. All right. All right. Man, uh, I, first of all, I'm interested in everything Jones talked about this week. I... Uh, I think a question I just have as a people, uh, do we think that Kirsten Dunst is still famous because she's married to Jesse Plemons, or do we think that Jesse Plemons is still famous because she's married to Clis Kirsten Dunst? Because it's Damn. one or the other. That's a, a great question. question. Uh, you know when people like stack two forks on each other and they kind of balance like in a weird way? <laughs> it's that. <laughs> uh, uh, second of all, I have also, I've just like, I have not watched Don't Look Up because I don't need to be convinced. It's just going to depress me. Uh, I don't care if the satire is good. The message is just going to depress me. And uh, I, you, you pretty much talked me into Eyes of Tammy Faye because I really worried that they were sort of doing a baby face turn on Tammy Faye. They were going to let sort of all the stuff roll off of her. So finding out that it doesn't shy away from how awful she also was as good. And yeah, Jerry Hall Falwell is my least favorite human being who ever lived. I will say her to your point. I don't, she's definitely the one that comes across the best, right? But 
I mean, it, you know, it doesn't shy away from the fact that she allowed Jim Baker to do horrible things and that she herself, but it, it definitely takes the perspective of that. She believes it. You know what I mean? Like, right, whereas right. everyone else is like, oh, this is just a method of control and money. Like for Tammy Faye, it was real. And I don't know if that's true or not, but that's how the film portrays it. Um, as far as what I watched this week, Man, I'm almost I'm almost scared to go off on this because I'm afraid it could turn into a tangent, but I'm going to try to keep it in line. Uh, So, you know, I've talked about numerous times that I don't really watch soap operas currently as much as I love soap operas. Uh, I stopped watching it around like the 2010 area around the time that most of the shows got canceled off. And we were basically were cut down to just four shows. I, I kind of just lost an interest at that point. Sort of the concessions that the soaps that were left had to make to stay around just made them not interesting to me. But I still check the news. I still uh, check Soap Opera Digest to see what's going on on soap operas. So uh, I saw a thing this week that General Hospital really snuck in one uh, nobody saw coming where Tracy Quartermain returned on a Tuesday, which is just crazy in itself. Soap opera shit happens on Friday. So they were really trying to sneak that in by putting it on a Tuesday. Uh, Tracy Quartermain's re- uh, portrayed by Jane Elliott, who I fucking love. And she had returned to town to say that her wife, to t- uh, her husband, uh, she had returned to town to tell the ex-wife of her current husband, that he was dead, and that character's name is Luke Spencer. Now, for me personally, my first memories are of the Lukes. Luke Skywalker and Luke Spencer. Luke looking at the two sons and Luke, uh, Luke Spencer just looking coked out. You know, I've talked about this many times on here before that the that soap operas really exploded with uh, with the characters Luke and Laura on General Hospital. If you know nothing about soap operas, you know that there were characters named Luke and Laura on on General Hospital. They uh, at one point, the Luke and Laura wedding was the highest uh, rated uh, thing on television, not just daytime television, but television in general. So it was a big deal. They were killing off this character. Uh, so I. I tuned in to watch it the next day and I, I might be hooked again. I might be <laughs> watching general hospital. It, it, uh, it still looks like shit. Somebody has got to do something about the lighting on this shows. Most of their cast is over 60 and it's lit like a fucking Kmart. <laughs> Somebody do something about that shit. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's pretty goddamn fun. You know, soap operas are like comics in that death is just a plot device that you can get around. So particularly when a character dies off screen, that can mean that they're dead or that can mean that they're coming back very soon. And I kind of feel like that's what's going on with Luke Spencer. When he left in 2015, he said he was done. He had done that shit for like 30 years off and on. He didn't want to die on the set of GH and he was done. But then right after that, he won like his eighth Emmy. And he was like, you know, I might come back if the story's good. So I'm hoping that's what it is. But I'm enjoying it. It's been pretty fun so far. That's all I'm I got. happy for you. Sweet. Thanks. I, <laughs> I watched uh, off of Christian's recommendation, also just because it looked fun, uh, Encanto on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it was fun. I don't think I loved it as much as you did, Christian. I, I think it's, a, you know, a, a serviceable, enjoyable time. Uh, but damn, that Bruno song is a bop. It it it's really so good. Gets, it really gets stuck in your head if you're if you're just looking for a family friendly uh you know 
fun musical, go for it. It's better than Transformers. Hurt if you're on still on the Lin kick, go for it. I, I probably will. You must have never disappointed your parents, Joseph. <laughs> I was a great kid. And the only other thing, oh, fuck, do I even want to talk about this? I don't know. I might just save it for next week because we got to talk about what we want to do next week. Fuck if I know. You're in review. I had thought about it just well, after watching this fucking bullshit and talking about Wilson Fisk and fucking Daredevil. Can we watch the fucking Ben Affleck Daredevil and talk about it? Because I don't think it's as bad as we think it is. If you can, if you can let you let me know where I can watch it and I will do that. Okay. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I, I Here's what I, I say. Ian said this week that he was opposed to us doing a year-end thing. So my thing is, if Ian comes back, we do Daredevil next week. If he doesn't, we do year-end just to inconvenience Ian. I like it. It sounds good. Uh, well, that's the plan for next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Please rate, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, you can reach us at realphonies.gmail.com and uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies and on Instagram at realphonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for our and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Bye.